Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I'm James, and we've upgraded this podcast to version 11, Christina. Yes, we have. This past (laughs) Monday, system update 11.0.0, so just system update 11, (laughs) was released, and it, it quite a few interesting things came out with it. So... First of all, there's a brand new Nintendo Switch Online icon right in your home screen. You can now transfer screenshots to your smartphone and PC. Uh, You can, well, there's now the ability to choose which game you want to download first if you have multiple downloads kind of lined up. There's additional language support and several issues, including usability and stability, were improved. So a lot of cool stuff. Unfortunately, no folders yet, Mm. if ever. I know we're still holding, like, crossing our fingers for that. But, um, yeah, so this this home icon, I can't, I just, like, it looks terrible. That's fine. If you look, go, it's, it's no, it's, the mo- oh, it's ugly. It's so ugly. If you look on your screen, it's, like, this big, bright red button. I, I looked on Twitter because I just want to see, you know, obviously other people hated it, too, because if your eyeballs work it's ugly um but <laughs> but on twitter i saw someone i don't remember who it was but they kind of mocked up a little suggestion you could just do a little gray or light gray icon with just the switch icon in it yeah to represent online like that would be a much more graceful pleasing to the eye solution than what's on there right now but yeah the one they have it doesn't follow the language of the other icons and it just sticks out like a sore thumb like my eye goes right to it i don't need it there yeah, and on th- top of that the, the stuff inside the app is just, I know you'll be talking about this a little more in depth, but huh. the stuff in the app is just useless. It kind of feels like a big advertisement. Uh, I feel a little bit different about it. I, I've been exploring yeah. it a little bit, Christina. Yeah. I, so, okay. Icon. I wonder if they will change it based on feedback. I wouldn't see why not. However, this, do. this feels like, this feels like somebody, some, whoever owns the Nintendo Switch online service they want their brand and identity everywhere, which means yeah. they're like, you have to use this because this is the same icon that's on the the app. It's the same one that's inside of, you know, on all the advertisements. So they want it to be unique. So from a brand management, I, I kind of understand that in a weird way. However, I do agree that they could have just made it not red, made it gray, and then made the the Joy-Cons red, right? They could have just made the Joy-Cons red color and it would have worked very yeah. well i think so i agree the actual icon i don't think is the problem but the problem is the red in the icon is the problem is that correct yes yes um all right let's talk about the app so inside the app is a few mm-hmm. things because it's a dedicated home spot for managing and understanding everything going into your nintendo online membership and this is nice because it tells you how long your membership has left i have eight months 16 days on my family membership um One of the cool parts about this, I would say that you're right. I think that the advertisement for online play is pretty much like, hey, here are the games you can play online. That's the primary thing. Primary. The ones that I like are the NES one. I think it's kind of cool. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but it organizes all the games by uh, release year. Kind of cool. Again, not super value add. The biggest one for me is the save data cloud feature because this shows you all of your backups in one place without having to dive through menus go through all this stuff how big it is Um, and there's a new feature that they added into the system update that allows you to not only automatically download or automatically upload which has been there from the beginning but now automatically download and christina why this is important is if you own multiple switches and Mm -hmm. you're logged into the same account the problem is, is previously you would, let's say you were playing, um, let's say I was playing Bulletstorm on both of them. The problem is, is that my main console would upload and then I'd have to manually go ahead and download it on the other side. And then it would upload again. And then on my other switch, I'd have to go manually download again. It was like, this is not how this should work at all. So now it wasn't seamless. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like in sync, basically. So yeah. um, I think that's really cool. Um, I think the special offers, it's a big advertisement. It's the same that's there. And then I think the membership is kind of cool because you can go in, manage, see everything, understand everything there. So it's, I would say it's half, I'd say it's 75% advertisement and then, um, 25% other stuff. I think that there's other stuff here because I want to say that they want to add to it because if you actually go to 
I'm in my switch right now. If you go to the top part that has your avatar and says how many days are left and click on that, it actually allows you to manage your account, check your family group members as well. Okay, that's useful. Yep. And then also underneath it says your stuff. Okay. And here's where I think this gets fascinating is because your stuff has save data cloud. But my assumption is that they're going to add more your stuff there in the future. So I think that this is a hint in more stuff that will come into the future of this thing. But I don't want to confirm or deny because it's like, why would there be your stuff and only one right. thing? It's in just, it? yeah, you're, it, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I did poke around in it a little bit. And in the special offers, they did have like a free Nook rug for Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. So DLC for Animal Crossing, why not? And I do like seeing how many cloud saves I have. Mm. But those two things seem like such minor parts of what they're trying to do with the Switch Online thing that it just put a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. Yeah, I mean, having going through like the data management before here and there back and forth, I think it's a little bit nicer. And like to get to some of that stuff before you would have to go into the eShop, load the eShop, scroll down on the eShop. So I think it is one click a lot better because like if you if you literally go into the eShop and scroll down to Nintendo Switch Online, let little Mario load your thing. Mine's loading. And then you get a you get your special offers, you get your membership stuff, and there's similar views. I think that this is just a better experience for that. However, I do agree that like it's a little in your face for no for no reason. Yeah, it's not something that you're going to go into often, right? Yeah, I can't even think of when I would need to go into it except to check those special offers every once in a while to see if mm-hmm. there's another new Animal Crossing thing. Well, they but could put I a, think, a dot on there now, I guess. So they could be like, here's yeah, like a, new a notification offer. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but I think Michael kind of put a note in the show notes. Um, he couldn't be here, unfortunately, but he what he said, I think, summed it up really well that the, the icon itself seems out of place and based on how it's designed, it, it almost feels predatory since it's a paid service. But my argument to that is because it's a paid service, I feel that it should just be in the eShop. Like the eShop should be all encompassing. This is where you buy stuff Mm. for your Switch. And then Switch on. It just feels so like forced and weird on the home screen. Um, But I mean, I agree with you that all like the cloud saves and stuff switching over. Like it seems if if that makes a lot easier, great. I just don't like how they went about doing it. Yeah, I feel like the question would be, if the icon was different, would everyone feel different about it? And then it's like, okay, well, like I don't, I don't mind it because the icon's like not in my face. Now I'm glad that they put it first though, because imagine if they put it in the middle, first or last. I think it <laughs> should have probably gone last personally, probably. but <laughs> not the first thing you see. But yeah, but sure, yeah. Um, the next thing I'll talk about here, which I've tested, is the uh, transfer screenshots to your mobile device and/or PC. This is fascinating um, of how it works. Okay, so you can um, batch load a single or up to 10 screenshots. I'm assuming videos, too. I haven't tested it, uh, but I'm assuming they work. And then you scan a QR code. So how you scan a QR code, if you have an iPhone, it will just work with the camera app. So yeah, it's there, right? If you have Android, some of them do. Some of some of them don't. Sometimes you might need to install a QR code app. But how's it, how this works is that your um switch actually creates a local hotspot network and the first thing you do is scan a qr code and your phone directly connects to your switch over a local network it's literally local host um, that you're connecting to um, on your network and then you scan another qr code which brings you to a web page that has been generated for you on that local port it's it's this is the the hackiest thing i've ever seen in my life and i love it and uh, then you can (laughs) download pretty hacky (laughs) yeah and then you you go to a website and it's like matzo switch to save a screenshot you know hold on the image hit save or whatever right um it's it's super janky it's like 192.168.01 index and it's just like and here it is i think it's amazing and i love it um it's so cool and then once you hit done you're the, the Wi-Fi network goes away and then your phone will reconnect to your main Wi-Fi network. So it's um, super hack. I love it. It's amazing. 
Um, and yeah, it's there. So that, that's how it works. It's very janky. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's lovely. Cause I thought maybe it would work like airdrop, right? Where it's like, Oh, here's, you have the Nintendo switch online app and it's like, Hey, yeah. here's the photos. No, that's not how that works. So the thing, the thing that this makes me think of though, is why the next version of the switch, it needs to have Bluetooth because this is so hacky. If it had Bluetooth, it would be so much easier. Well, it has so Bluetooth in it. You know, it works. I mean, but that's you how can't the... connect like Bluetooth to other devices. Like, it's, yeah. it's so limited. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like I want to yeah. wear my Bluetooth headphones with my Switch, and I can't do that. Mm, yeah, you got to get like an adapter. Yeah. That's the one I yeah. have. Yeah. So we'll see, but. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 fun. It's it's uh, it, it 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 it's interesting. I guess. I guess I said also you can, you can plug it in via USB now to to do it which is kind of nice too that's another option if you want to plug it into your pc you can just plug it in via usb and it'll show up but before what you had to do by the way is you'd have to like literally i actually don't know if it worked if you i don't think you could do it before i think you if you took out the sd card i don't think that it it put it on the sd i would have to take i'd have to take Uh, out my sd card and then plug it into my computer and then actually get the images off that way but something i found kind of crazy was that you can you, you can only do it if you directly connect your switch to your computer via cable. You can't connect it through the dock. It won't work that way. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, FYI. <laughs> hey, they're making it work. You know what I mean? You, you ask for features. However janky it, it is. <laughs> However they're, they're janky making it them is. work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything else good. There's new icons, you know, new Mario icons. That's cool. Woo-hoo. Yeah, whatever. All right. Hopefully folders and update number 12. Yeah. You know, the thing that I think that we didn't point out is the, have you checked out the new trending with friends feature in the settings? No, I have not. So this is cool. This is in part of the system update. Oh, it's not in settings. Sorry. It's if you go to your avatar in the top left of the Nintendo switch, this is something I think we all asked for, but it's the default now it's called trending. Um, at least for me, like when I open it, it must be my last tab, but what it'll say is Check out the games that are trending with your friends. This is something that I, I believe we wanted for a long time. So featured, it says. Oh, uh, I see it. Okay, yeah. that's cool. So these are games that your friends have recently been doing. And then additionally, it says games your friends play. So I can see that recently seven of my friends played Animal Crossing. Three recently played Hyrule Warrior. Two are, are playing uh, Hades. Um, so this is kind of nice, especially if you have a lot of friends, you can see if there's yeah. trending things. And I can see that Michael just started a demo of Ring of Pain. Um, and I see uh, that. <laughs> yeah. And you can click on it and then it will say Rustica just started playing Two Point Hospital recently, <clears throat> which is cool, too. Yeah, that's very cool. So you can you can do that. And then you can click on um, you can see other people that have played this game. So if you click on a game. It'll say seven people recently played, oh my goodness, played Animal Crossing. Marby Z, shout out to Marby Z, 795 hours or more. <laughs> Clock oh, it man. in. Yeah. But then it says also friends who played this game, nine. So it'll show you not only who recently played, but other people that have played it in the past. So that's kind of cool, hmm. um, too. Because then you could like reach out to that person directly and say, hey, I played this. What did you think of it? Exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I like that. I'm a fan. That's a good a good improvement over just the friends list, which you'd have to go mm-hmm. through one by one and click to see what people are going on. So that's a neato feature. I'm sure there's going to be other little, you know, little things hidden in there. And in fact, the next article found a little hidden feature in that Nintendo online, uh, Nintendo Switch online application, um, because there's a little uh, a little a little treat for you, if you will, um, that includes some birthday trivia inside of that new Nintendo Switch online app with that beautiful icon that um, Christina loves so much. But inside that (laughs) NES and SNES app, as you're scrolling through, you will see little birthday icons. And um, these um, icons will tell you, if you you click on them, um, how old you were when this game was released. So any of the games, like mine's June, um, June birth, birth year, as you scroll through, it will show you that you were two, you were six, you're whatever. Now, obviously, if you're younger and you were born bef- after all of these games came out, you won't see any. But um, it, it's kind of nice, although it it's really just doing math in your head for you. It's it's not like a <laughs> it's not a big yeah. deal. Um, but uh, I thought it was kind of cool. I guess a you know, nice little treat. Yeah, I went through and as I was going through and it was telling me it was like, well, this game came out four years before you were born. This one's three years. Yeah. It's like a thanks for doing math, Nintendo. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Quick math. 
But only for yeah. only it won't tell you for any of the other ones, you know, anything else. But only if just it's just the birth, ones in your birth month. That's, that's correct. It. Everything else you got to figure out yourself, yo. So, yeah. Cool, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, something that I, I think is actually really cool is we got a new trailer for the Super Nintendo World. Uh, we got to get kind of a look at Bowser's Castle, and in there you're going to find Mario Kart Koopa's Challenge, which is officially the world's first interactive Mario Kart theme park ride. Now, it's interactive because each cart has four seats, and each person, each rider gets an AR headset and a little steering wheel, which allows you to, quote, drive through the Mushroom Kingdom. I mean, you're on a track, so I'm not sure how much control you really have. But <laughs> that being said, you can also throw shells at other place, uh, other players using the AR headset. So I thought that was really cool that they're kind of building in that interaction to the game. Um, there's also a whole new type of play experience throughout the park where I, I love this, where guests can actually jump up, punch blocks, and collect virtual points, mm. just like Mario. Uh, and we have talked about the power up bands before, but just to kind of mention that again and how they're making this so interactive, if you can buy a power up band and sync it with your smartphone, you can actually track your score as you go throughout the park and go through rides and punch blocks. And basically, you can battle other guests for a high score. So it kind of makes it competitive as well. At the end of the trailer that they released, there's also a little bit of a sneak peek at Yoshi's Adventure, which is going to be a cute little family ride where you can hop on Yoshi's back and join Toad for a little treasure hunting adventure. So that it all looks great. It all looks a lot of fun. Uh, Universal Studios has pushed the park opening to February 4th. We'll see if that changes. I mean, they are kind of, like you said, Monster, going through a little bit of a COVID spike because uh, we were kind of looking into it before the podcast just to see if, you know, will that date change again? We don't know. We'll see what happens. But for the moment, it's February 4th. Yeah, this is really cool. There's a bunch of articles you can and, and videos you can kind of go through um, some up close shots mm -hmm. and they let some press in to take photos, especially going through this Mario Kart ride, like the lines to get up. There's this huge Bowser. The carts look super duper cool. Um, just the detail that they put into to this is just really fantastic and um, there's a link to this yeah. ign article i just sent it over to you but there's there's images and it's just the detail and the pipe work and um the experience looks super duper cool i am very fascinated to see how the ar experience with the COVID stuff goes on uh, but as you're going through the line they have like all of the um trophies all set up i mean there's some details i mean this thing was in the work i think they said for like six years or something like this in addition to the park yeah and this ride at least too so I'm really fascinated to see that Nintendo, you know, magic experience come through. The, the people did note that this this Super Mario World does seem pretty small. However, there is an expansion apparently in the works too, um, a whole nother world um, that, that they're going to attach onto it. Very similar to like if you remember how um, the Harry Potter World at Universal in Florida happened. Like the first one came mm -hmm. out, everyone's it's kind of small, and they're like, "Well, don't worry because we're going to make another one." Um, so. <laughs> like of course you know like we like money um so I, i'm very fascinated on that i will say one other thing is that there's a bloomberg reporter that um is awesome to follow on twitter um, her twitter is rumi reports it's karumi mori um she is over there um currently uh, i believe she usually lives in new york but she's over in japan currently and she did uh like walkthrough of the trophy room up close and personal video of the Mario Kart um, area, which is cool. So she walks through it, kind of gives her hands on impressions. Um, they're available not only on her Twitter, but also on the Bloomberg uh, Quick Take uh, YouTube and Twitch uh, Twitter handle. And yeah, it's really cool just to kind of see the experience of like video, right? I think images are cool, yeah. but then having her by scale, see how big it is and her kind of talk through it is really cool. Also, her um, Twitter account is just really cool because i don't know i always like people in japan and other countries and her experience and um she yeah it's just really cool you can see her travel over there for it and then i wonder how long she'll be over there now for um but, but yeah it's just a fun uh twitter account not only to follow she seems like an awesome reporter for bloomberg business and yeah the the, the footage that she got is really spectacular to see so i'm pretty excited for it i don't know if we'll ever be allowed over to any other country ever again. But um, if so, I definitely want to do this. 
So well, I hope I hope that it does super super well and they open. I have no doubt it will because I'm sure we'll be getting something very similar in Florida here when it eventually opens. And I also really hope that they have those trophies available in a gift shop as like little miniature trophies because that would be really cute. Or like even like little metal pins that you can get and then you can collect them. Yeah, I could I can see people doing that, like having a, a denim jacket just for Mario Kart pins every mm-hmm. time they visit the Mushroom Kingdom. And it just seems like people would do. <laughs> I have so many things on my list now because I still want to go to the new Avatar uh, world in yeah. um, Disney uh, uh, area. And then also the Star Wars world. I still haven't been able to go to that, which I think would be so cool to go to. And then now Mario World. Like I was, oh, I love theme parks, by the way. I just love theme parks. So, um, yeah, I, I like that. It's it's still happening. I love the aerial shots of this thing. Like I said, it does look a yeah. little small, but you know, it's a V1. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. Uh, last thing we have here really quick. I, I, I've been trying to track this for a little bit, um, but yesterday, so we're recording this on Sunday, but on, on the 5th, Nintendo canceled the Splatoon 2 North America open live stream. Um, they said it's it was because of unexpected executional challenges, um, which is you know generic in, in general. I'm not really 100% sure why uh, or what challenges it was. Could be technical limitations. It could just be, you know, there's a global pandemic that's raging ar- across the globe currently, and it's the uh, worst state ever, especially here in North America. <clears throat> but um, if you haven't been caught up on this situation, there was... Um, sort of other events, other tournaments that were happening um, in the world of Nintendo, not necessarily by Nintendo, but by the community. So there's an ongoing um, Super Smash Brothers Melee event that is called the Big House. There's a lot of these tournaments that Nintendo often supports. However, a lot of these tournaments can't do things in person. So um, this was last month that actually uh, the Big House who does this event, um, they got a cease and desist uh, because for them to do the event and go online, since it's a Smash Brothers melee event, they were going to have to use modified um, copies or illegal copies of of the game that uses a fan made um, networking code modification called Slippy Online, which is kind of funny throwback to Star Fox, mm-hmm. um, and which is kind of crazy to make that work for a game that's nearly twenty years old. Very impressive. I think that's really <laughs> neat nowadays. However, Nintendo did unfortunately. They're between a rock and a hard place because obviously they want to support competitive scene, um, even though they've shown resistance in the past, you know, just in general, it's it's hard. Um, I don't Nintendo's I, I don't know. I don't know their inner workings, but I know there's there's some, you know, hesitancy there. Um, but they they unfortunately, like they asked them, like, hey, you can't do this because, you know, like I said, they're between a rock and a hard place because they want to support the community to some extent, but then also if they don't send a cease and desist and ask them to stop doing this, it's sort of them condoning in a weird way that like, it's okay to use illegal software, but like they don't want to do that. But you know, so there's that. And a lot of people are saying there's a trending hashtag, which is how I I found it, which was free melee free Splatoon, which is that a lot of people are thinking Nintendo canceled their online stream due to popular streamers and um, competitors using these hashtags. I, I don't, I, I would like to think that Nintendo wouldn't be canceling, obviously, things because of those online events. Could be something else. Um, but anyways, it's it's something to follow um, in in general. It, it is, you know, the the tournament uh, organizers of that Smash Brother ones did comply and they did cancel their event. Um, obviously, that, you know, upsets people that were going to participate in it, obviously. Um, you know, so it, it's uh, something we'll see what happens and we'll track over time. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky situation, I would say, overall. It seems like Nintendo needs to just work with these competitions and create software for them specifically. Um, and that would solve so many issues. And it would show Nintendo like 100% supporting these competitions and being involved. Yeah, it's hard because how do you go and create software that for a game made in 2001, you know, when they want to obviously create games for us, you know, so it's, well, I mean, they made the game so they can probably figure out in there and like they could license something for competitions. They could. And then it would be better Then they wouldn't have to do these like janky things. And then they wouldn't have to like tell them to not do it. It wasn't anything is possible technically. Right. So yeah, if a fan made can do it, they could, they could figure out some way it'd be, 
anything anything is possible in the world of of uh of software engineering that <laughs> people can figure out so um, but i figured we would, we would we would talk about it because christina and i were we're going through the 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 historical parts of this uh series of events uh, before the podcast yeah. So. yeah well i guess that does it for our news this week uh that brings us to the top 10 bestsellers and aunts i have some really bad news oh my gosh what happened Animal Crossing is no longer in the top 10. No, it's over. It happened. Garbage it happened. game. Just throw the it away. No one's done. over. Done. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's garbage, but it's just not in the top. I think it was 11th, actually. So okay. it's it's in the top 30, but just not in our top 10. Um, but uh, the games that are in the top 10 in first place is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Second wow. is Hades. Third, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Fourth, Super Mario Party. Fifth, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. Sixth is Just Dance 2021. Seventh is Cooking Simulator. I know that was on sale and a bunch of people probably picked that one up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eighth is Zelda Link's Awakening. Ninth, Mortal Kombat 2. And then tenth is Cuphead. Nice. Yeah. Not bad. I'm still surprised. Like I was going to say, well, maybe everybody owns Animal Crossing, but then that can't be true because everybody doesn't own Mario Kart 8 (laughs) somehow. But it's (laughs) number one. I know that there was another sale, but it's still lingering. I mean, it's a great game. So Mm -hmm. I understand. So I understand. Yeah. You know, the the one sad part about this top 10 list is I feel bad for the games that were, you know, free to play or, you know, have a free download. Like I was thinking about Control and we'll never know how well that game's doing because it's free to download, but then you have to buy the in-app purchase. I would almost love like the actual purchasing. Yeah, that would kind of be cool. Like here are the top in-app purchases and that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, hmm. Well, that's going to bring us to this week's new releases. If you you know want something else to play besides Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which again is a fantastic game. There's a lot coming out mm-hmm. this week. Um, the first up on December 8th is Doom Eternal. It's finally happening. I got excited. We were we talked last week or the week before that it's turning into a digital only release. Um, this puppy mm-hmm. is clocking in at 17.5 gigabytes um, onto your machine and yeah i'm excited about it i don't know if i'll pick it up day one because it you know goes on sale often these bethesda sales when they do like a 50 percent off or whatever that's when i picked up doom this is again developed by id software and panic button it is the direct sequel to doom the one that we uh, have been talking about that i think is a fantastic port um, panic mm-hmm. button did absolutely amazing if you want more doom you can buy this game um, it is online play. It has save data backup, has all the things. It's finally here on the switch. And from the screenshots, it looks beautiful. And I'm sure everybody will be doing breakdowns, which we'll report on next week. Um, but yes, doom, doom, doom Buy that doom. There was there was somebody in uh, our discord after last week's podcast release. And he was Stav. He said that because Doom Eternal, Eternal is going digital only, he said it's a deal breaker. So it got me thinking it would be interesting to see what the pre-release physical sales would have been Mm. and then seeing if like it was worth them not going physical anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why interesting to see. I wonder why, you know, I, I am a believer of, uh, I like physical copies. I have way too many physical copies of games. In fact, I had to, I freaked out the other day because I couldn't find my copy of legend of Zelda. And I was like, this wouldn't be an issue if I had just downloaded the game um, you know, that's, that's my problem at the end of the day is like, like, where are these cartridges? Like I was trying to find just dance 20, uh, 2020 so we could play. Yeah. And I was like, 2018, 2019, I was like, where's my 2020? I was like, oh, it's in this random place. <laughs> I put it and I was like, dang it. If I had just, you know, done it, I, I can't really put a digital release into a stocking though, but I'd be interested. Is it because of the resale value or other reasons, um, that they were I think saying collectors? That? I think it's a collection thing mm. though, like for, for the big at least that I could think of it being a big reason to pick up the physical version is you just like collecting. And especially because if you can get the other doom games or I don't know if all of them are released physical, but I don't know. It just, it would make sense. Yeah. I guess want so. a physical one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but I'm going to buy it anyways at some point, but, um, <laughs> two other games that I, uh, three, I'm I, I, I clicked way too many games that I'm not going to buy, but I'm, I think want to talk about first one up is Poyo Poyo <laughs> Tetris two. Comes out the same day as Doom, the ultimate puzzle match. If you like Poyo Poyo and Tetris, this puppy is $40. It's more Poyo Poyo Tetris combination. I uh, own the first one. It's pretty good. If you want more of it, here's this. There's more of it. There you go. Um, Two (laughs) games in one. It's good. 
you know, I, I've heard people talk about that they like the first one and that they've got the second one. Some people at other podcasts I listen to, they said it's more of it. Um, you can skip through a lot of the text dialogue, things like that. Cause there's a lot of talking mm-hmm. in the story arc, but, um, yeah, it's kind of fun, especially if you like Poyo Poyo, which is a different type of puzzle game. Um, the next one I have is, Ooh, lo-fi ping pong. Oh man, this is so cool. This is not only available on PC, but it's also available on mobile and it's coming to switch. It is a lo-fi music, you know, lo-fi, you know, hip hop genre, um, rhythm based ping pong game where you can play on six locations. It, you know, synchronizes the ping pong action to the lo-fi music. There is a mystery, a mysterious story element to the game, which is kind of cool. Um, it's only $5. I think that's cool. It's also $5 on steam has great reviews on steam. Um, and it's ping pong. The one downside is that on steam, you can actually pick the music, um, like a track, like let's say you had your own lo-fi music or just other music. You can say, use this track and here's the beats per minute to play it and it'll synchronize to it, um, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. That's obviously not available here because it's on the switch. So, but I do think for $5, it looks pretty cool and I like the art style and be pretty decent. So is that, and get moving on. Oh my goodness. One more for me. Ghost Runner. Wow. I didn't know that this game was coming to the Switch, but it totally is from 505 Games. Um, this game looks cool. Um, I don't <laughs> even know when it came out, to be honest with you. Originally, I should look that up, but I think a while ago. It's a first person, not a shooter, but as a first person, I would say runner. Yeah. Like um, ninja. Like I, I remember when I watched the review, they were saying ninja a lot. And I think that that's a good word to use for it. <laughs> Ninja runner. Uh, and, and, you know, when I think of a runner, I think of like the side scrolling, you know, ducking, like, you know, super meat boy type of runner type of game. But this mm-hmm. is a first person 3d running fast pack, fast, fast action, um, Ninja game. Right. I, I agree. I think yeah. your Ninja is the right way to go. And you, you only basically have a sword and you're hacking and slashing, climbing on walls, parkouring all over the place. Um, it's 30 bucks. It looks super cool. Um, they say it's six to eight hours of, of gameplay for this first person hack and slash. So there's a lot of stuff too. And there's a lot of, you know, skill based things that you're kind of doing as you're jumping off of walls, you know, trying to like, you know, swing back and forth to like the different, like continue on. So it looks pretty cool. Um, overall, I think the reviews are relatively positive for the game. Let me see. Yeah. On steam, it's got a nine out of 10 with 13,000 reviews. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say, how much is it on steam? Let's take a look here. I mean, our birth year view page, it is $30. So boom, there you go. Nice. Okay. That's good. And it's yeah. not like on sale on switch. It's 30 flat. So that's good. Yeah. I thought this looked cool. The only thing reason I didn't put a check on it is because it looked way too intense for me, mm. but it was kind of like if you took mirror's edge and the functionality of mirror's at mirror's edge, but built that in the spirit of like a shoot 'em up game. Mm. this is what you would get. It's like a super fast paced, super hyped mirror's edge. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's a good way. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're into that, this is the game for you. (laughs) There you go. Uh, So the next two games I checked um, was on December 10th, there's a game coming out called Alt Frequencies. And this is an audio mystery game where you use the radio and airwaves to basically tell the world that they're all stuck in a time loop. So you have to figure it out. You have to record things, broadcast snippets of radio shows, expose radio hosts, conspiracy theorists, politicians, activists, all that stuff to kind of basically prove to the world that they're all stuck in a time loop doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, I think it's a really, really cool concept. And I kind of want to know how they do it. Hmm. And it's only $8. And it look, I mean, the art from the trailer at least looks really good. So I'd be willing to give this one a try. It just, it seemed really interesting. Um, so were yeah, you, I put a check on that one. Were you not interested in getting the Accidental Queens here, the developer collection, where you can get a normal Lost Phone and another Lost Phone, Laura's Story, all in one for $15? Not really. No, oh, because it includes frequency, <laughs> alt frequencies. So you get three games in one for only $7 Oh, really? More. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, three and one. I'll have to look at the other games. 
Yeah. I mean, if I'm into the other games, then yes, but otherwise, I, I don't need to spend the extra money. $8 just for this one sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't realize that there was like a, a collection mm-hmm. with more than interesting. All right. And then the next game I checked was on December 11th. It's just kind of a cute little game called Splashy Cube. You're a cube and you got to splash these little blobs that are the same color as you. Mm-hmm. It's a little simple puzzle game. Uh, don't, you know, splash on spikes. Don't fall into the abyss. Um, eat as many of the same color blobs as you and you'll gain points and lead on the, lead the scoreboard. So it, it just looked really well done. Seemed like a pretty good quality puzzle game. So, yeah. That's, nice. That's it, I guess, for, for the games we're into. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I was looking at that game, too. It looked pretty cool. So there's a lot of other games coming out, but I think those are the the, the big ones to take a look at. And that brings us to mm-hmm. what you've been playing. Well, Michael, who is in here, he's been playing Hades and Animal Crossing. Um, so that's his update. He, he did fill it in. So that's good to know. But Christina, what have you been playing? Because you've been playing and live streaming a bunch of stuff. I see. Yeah, I did. I live streamed yesterday, actually. So on Saturday. But um, before the live stream, I played a little bit of Animal Crossing because I wanted to actually see some of the snowflakes and I wanted to kind of poke around, see the December update. Not much changed. I mean, I'm getting pine cones from my my uh, pine trees. Uh, I did see some snowflakes. But I really wanted to see the snow stick to the ground. And mm-hmm. during my live stream, I had someone mention, um, a listener mentioned that uh, they saw other people's snow on the ground and they didn't know if like it was random or whatever. So I looked it up and you will not get snow stuck to the ground. See it on the ground until December 10th. Mm-hmm. So those people were, who are on Twitter, you've seen Cheaters. snow on the ground. They're probably time jumping or whatever it is. Classic. Time traveling. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but the main game that I live streamed yesterday was Filament because I picked that up a little while ago. And and this was the puzzle game where you're on a spaceship and um, something bad happened and you're trying to figure it out and you have to solve these kind of light puzzles. And I will say I, I do like puzzle games. I like them a lot. I never said I was good at them. So you can't hold it against me if you watch the live stream and you are screaming at the screen because I watched parts of it after and I was like, how did you not see that? (laughs) There was one puzzle in particular I was working on for like 35, 40 minutes. I could not figure it out to the point where I took a little break and I actually just looked up how to solve that one puzzle. And I was so close, like three times. There was just one little thing I didn't see. Oh, it was, I just, yeah, I got a a good clip of that on our Twitch if you guys want to see me kind of literally facepalm because of something I realized. But yeah, it was it was a good live stream. We had a couple people from uh, the podcast show up. I do plan on hopefully live streaming every other week. Cool. I'm going to try to do every weekend, but if I can't, it'll mostly be like every other Saturday because who knows what's going to happen in my schedule. No promises. But anytime before I do live stream, I will post in our Discord and I'll send out a tweet. So make sure you're following us there or in our Discord or whatever. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, you can go to come t- join along. Yeah, twitch.tv slash Nintendo Dispatch, and that will definitely bring you to um, hit that little, you can hit the little follow button, and then I'll send you little notifications and everything like that, which is cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm going through it. It seems like it worked. You got your capture card last week we talked I about. Did. It. it worked out great. Did it? It just worked out of the box. No big issues? No, no big issues. The biggest issue I had was actually my microphone because it's too quiet in OBS. So I had to finagle some things, but mm. we got we got there. The beginning of the the stream was me adjusting sound, and my sister popped in to help me out, and make sure my, that you could hear me. <laughs> that is that's um, so, classic first stream classic ever. Classic streaming, is, yeah. yeah. Well, I've streamed I streamed before, but it was years ago. Yeah. So it was a little warming up, but I mean, I'm a pro now. So yeah, come and hop in and. And join the fun. <laughs> I, I was even I, re, I did some live coding like last week and it had been a few weeks since I did it and a mm-hmm. bunch of things updated and like my my pretzel music app like updated and like everything was like, oh, like, oh, no, like I didn't realize anything updated until I hit like the start button with the countdown. I was like, oh, no, I got five minutes to figure everything out. So it's always a fun experience to uh, to go through that stuff. Fun. Fun's one word for it. Yes. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm excited to. uh to make sure I, I follow this for the following updates of when you're going to stream and go from there. Yeah. Um, I haven't been playing too much. Um, I will say I've been watching quite a lot at the end of the last podcast. Afterwards, you and I were talking about Mandalorian. No spoilers here. Don't worry. Uh, we were talking about that. They were introducing a lot of new characters and we were fascinated by them. And my wife's been doing a lot of research 
And she isn't into the lore or the back history too much of Star Wars or seen all of them um, yet. And um, you were saying that, hey, you know, now's a good time to go back and watch episodes, you know, one, two, and also the Clone Wars series, which I have not watched at all, but I've heard are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sent me a great article I really appreciate, which is instead of watching all 180 some odd episodes, just watch seven these 15 seasons. Yeah, all seven <laughs> seasons, which I would like to go watch these 15 because it'll kind of help you understand the lore of that universe. Um, yeah. So we we did go back and we watched Phantom Menace last week, which uh, I like to call um, wasn't as bad as I remember. Still not great. CG does not hold up. That is for sure. Um, <laughs> then we also watched um, uh, Attack of the Clones, which of the three was at the time my favorite, at least um, of the three. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, also still does not not hold up. And maybe I liked it a little bit less than like the reverse. Like I kind of liked Phantom Menace a little bit more because pod racing is cool. But then I also kind of disliked attack of the clones a little bit more than I remembered. Um, gosh, you know, I, I just, the, the, the romance relationship between Anakin and Padme is just, uh, it's creepy. It's like, it's like, uh, it's just not okay. It's, just, it's very creepy. They, they make it feel, they make it feel a little bit better in the clone wars. I'll say that. Much. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the, the animated series, but <laughs> not, not okay. Um, and I did watch the first episode of clone wars, the animated series. Also, very good. I'm very excited about it. Um, that yeah. so far was good. It's nice and short, and Yoda is, you know, awesome. So, been watching that. Um, so, we're catching up. We sort of pause Mandalorian, not because of that. Um, I think we'll continue mm-hmm. watching Mandalorian, but I think I'll continue to watch Clone Wars throughout um, there. So, we're going to probably tonight watch uh, the rest of the Mandalorian that we need to catch up on. But besides that, I did play some games, barely. I've been. Mostly focusing on um, spin cycling. I bought a, a cheaper spin physical like stationary bike and I put that together and I tweeted mm-hmm. out a cool hyperlapse of me building it, um, which was cool. So I've been doing a lot of spin exercise trying to get back in shape, um, which I always say I'm going to do all the time. But <laughs> that kind of left me less time to you know focus on games. But last night I sat down and I Wanted to get all in on the Tetris 99 Super Mario All-Stars Maximus Cup going on right now. And even before the podcast, when I was waiting for you, I continued to play. And man, I love Tetris 99. So good. Um, So awesome. Uh, However, I'm terrible at it now, apparently. Like, I don't know. You said it was because I'm rusty and I haven't played in a while. But I like to think that that everyone else just got really, really, really good. And I'm I'm having a hard time breaking into the top 25. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Everyone else got really good. And I'm assuming what happens here is when Tetris 99 came out, like everybody was playing it. And I'm assuming now more of just the good players are playing it. Like just sort of it shifted in class as far as the people that are playing it hardcore are playing it more, but still fun. Mm -hmm. The Mario themed version is cool. I do want to unlock. I'm halfway there. So Um, I've broken into the top 25 a few times, but not into the top 10, which is a little disappointing. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, my, my up, down, left, right is coming back to me, uh, moving those pieces. Um, so that's been fun. I also picked up the new fire emblem game, which you said was in the top 10. This is the game from mm-hmm. 1990, never before released in the U S it's six bucks. I picked it up cause I do like fire emblem. I love intelligent, um, systems. They, they have a developer behind it. They do, um, all the advanced wars games, the fire emblem games. Um, so this is a classic top down turn-based RPG uh, where you move your, you know, army on the map and attack enemies. And I pretty much played it for five minutes and then I probably won't play it ever again, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to play it for the historical aspects of Fire Emblem. The problem Mm -hmm. I have is that it's stuck in an NES world and... There's a lot of things in this game that sort of just don't hold up and make it a little bit harder to play. And and like I couldn't figure out how to move just I couldn't figure out how to move (laughs) Uh for five minutes. (laughs) Okay. And it's because you have to select an army, uh, select somebody and then select a spot to move. And 
And I didn't know if like I was already armed or I wasn't armed. Like I couldn't really figure that out. So like the first round, I just armed all my troops, even though they already had weapons because I would like press a and it was like items or wait. And I was like, oh, I guess items. And then, OK, I'll do this thing. And I was like hoping where's the move button? Because normally how it works is you select a troop and then on the map, it'll show you, you know, where the enemies can move and attack and where you can move and attack. But this mm-hmm. game doesn't show you any of that. It doesn't give you those blocks on the on the grid. So it's really hard. So what you have to do is select the troop and then move the troop to the specific spot. But it doesn't tell you, is it out of range? Is it in range? How far can you move? That makes it really difficult to enjoy planning your moves on the board. So I don't know if there's just something I'm missing out on. I'm going to watch a few videos, but... Um, mm. You know, it's like any game in the NES era that just drop you in and you're like, here you go and have fun. And you're <laughs> figure like, it out. Figure yeah. it out. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I'm too old now to be like, figure it out. And I'm just like, you know, I, I went somewhere in between. We talked about how I was playing Gears 5 a lot. And I was like, this is you don't need to give me a 30 minute introduction to the game. I can I can shoot the weapon. I've shot weapons in games for the last 34 years of my life. I can figure it out um, type of thing. Like press A to reload. Like I'll, I'll figure it out. But um, this was it's almost too minimal in a, a way of You're like, where's the game manual? Yeah, I literally <laughs> thought about that. Where's the game manual? I need the game manual. And I need the book. <laughs> yeah, that's li- and that's what I would yeah. be doing in the real world. Is I would as a kid. <laughs> well, back then, too, up, they had them. They had like the manuals mm-hmm. for those games, too. So and that's yeah. how I would learn. I remember doing that as a kid. I would literally the first thing I would do before I play the game is I'd flip through the manual, like just figure uh-huh. out like the basics, what to do right? as short as five minutes walk, and then you play the game. You're like, cool. I know how to play it now. Cause the manual told me and those things really don't exist anymore, uh, which yeah. is a bummer. They'd so. had a really good episode about like, I don't know if it was necessarily the manuals themselves, but it was in high score. They talk about the people that you would call when you got stuck mm. on a level and yeah. they have like all these like binders that they'd have to flip through and say, okay, you do this, then you do this, then you do that. <laughs> Which I just I thought that was really cool. I never thought about that and how that doesn't really exist anymore because you can just Google it or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. My instead of Google, calling into the hotline, I'm going to watch a bunch of YouTube videos on how to play the original Fire Emblem. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's mostly it, I guess. So yeah, yeah. I do want to circle back because I didn't really talk about filament that much. I just talked about the the live stream of it. But oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I played about an hour and a half worth, maybe two hours. I don't really remember at this point. It's all it's all a blur. But um, I got probably about six puzzles in six or seven because some of the first couple puzzles are small because what they'll do is they sort of ease you into the mechanic. It's not really a tutorial, but it's like, OK, here's one thing. There's a slight pillar and I just go around that and come out again. Um, so they ease you into all the different kind of mechanics. And it's funny because my sister was watching me and I just basically did the first puzzle and she's like, wait, did you do a tutorial beforehand? And I said, no, Mm -hmm. I didn't. I just I watched the game trailer and in the game trailer, you get the general gist of what you're supposed to do. Mm. Um, And if you've ever played any puzzle game, it's pretty easy to figure out. It's Mm. just when you get into the later puzzles, it gets really tricky. (laughs) Um, But the the music in the game is beautiful. Actually, in the beginning, I just had the, the music from the game playing in the background while I was getting set up. And it's I love the music and it does get kind of intense as you're doing puzzles. So I, I would be getting frustrated a little bit and then the music would get louder and I'd be like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm trying music, <laughs> but overall, I would say it's def- definitely worth like the $15 I spent on it. It seems really well done. I'm not very far into the story, but so far, I really like what I've seen and I definitely recommend it. If people like tricky puzzles, they like challenging themselves, definitely pick this up. Yeah, I'm trying to watch you play. and I don't quite exactly understand what you're doing in the game, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and it, look, it looks a little frustrating because you're like moving this little little dude yeah, around. So you kind of it's interesting. So you have to go into these things called anchors and you kind of have to hack them or like unlock them. I'm not really sure what it is, but basically as you walk through the ship, you get to this anchor, you enter the anchor and their hacking mechanic is the puzzle. So mm. You're hacking is you play this little light bulb and you have this little light wire that you start at and you have to wrap these wires around these pillars to light them up. When mm-hmm. you light all the pillars, you can leave the room and you've hacked it. Um, but they introduce mechanics like they have um, areas where you'll have certain parts of the pillar, the light pillar that 
if you touch it, it won't turn on the light. They have dark pillars, which will turn off the light, which you have mm. to avoid. So it gets pretty tricky, but it's looks hard. It's like so satisfying. Yeah, near the near near the end there, it was getting pretty difficult. <laughs> so it looks it yeah. looks well done though. It looks cool. I like that. Really rope. well done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and cool. it, you'll see when you're the actual like person going through the ship and there's like another character talking to you, there's a lot of details done in the design of the ship and it just looks really interesting. There's like a little magazine I picked up and kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of the, the universe you're in and I like that kind of atmospheric sort of details. So really well done. Yeah, Very cool. Def- like I said, definitely worth the 15 bucks. Very cool. I like it. I mm-hmm. like it. I'm going to go yeah. watch that video and I'll, I'll put that link into the show notes to our Twitch page. And you can watch all the past videos, and it's cool that someone's going to stream. I should probably start streaming again to it too at some point. That'd be kind of. I think cool. Michael is also going to as well at some point. He got all of his stuff updated. Well, mm. I was getting my stuff updated. He was kind of talking me through a couple of things and setting his stuff up again. So nice. we're, we're going to be streaming through the winter, I think. <laughs> Beautiful. Nothing else to do. Let's yeah. stream through the winter. I like it. Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Definitely come check us out on our Discord, on our Twitch channel, on our Twitter account, all the things. Just go to NintendoDispatch.com. And uh, if you like the show, definitely tell a friend and uh, leave a review if you want to. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next time, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch. <laughs>